Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Diecast Movie Review Podcast. My name is Michaela Turk, and I'm joined today by my brother Ben and my dad, Steve. We interrupt our regular scheduled podcast for this breaking new episode featuring me, Ben, <clears throat> and Michaela. That's right, folks. You heard correctly. This is a special episode of the Diecast Movie Review Podcast. Today's episode just has me and Ben in it. Unfortunately, our dad can't join us due to some health issues, so it'll just be the two of us going rogue. Right, Ben? That's right, Michaela. Do you want to tell them what movie we're going to review for them today? Oh, I thought I would let you do it. So today we're going to review the movie Doolittle, the uh, Robert Downey Jr. version that came out, I believe, in 2020. 2020, yeah. Yeah. Came out in January, I think. Yes. Um, so here is... The summary of the movie. Dr. John Doolittle lives in solitude behind the high walls of his lush manor in the 19th century England. His only companionship comes from an array of exotic animals that he speaks to on a daily basis. But when young Queen Victoria becomes gravely ill, the eccentric doctor and his furry friends embark on an epic adventure into a myth- to a mythical island to find the cure. And let's give y'all the trailer. I see trees of green Red roses too I see them bloom for me and I think to myself Are you Dr. Doolittle? We've no choice but to embark on this perilous journey I'm unavailable. You can talk to animals. Yes. Dragon. I'm too beautiful to die. 
So that was the trailer for the 2020 movie Doolittle. Um, we hope you all enjoyed it. And I think Ben is going to kick us off with some likes. Yes, I will say a couple things that I liked about Doolittle were the animals in general. They don't look necessarily like a real animal would look. They do have a little bit of that almost too crisp to be real look to them because a lot of them are CGI. Uh, But they do, the way that they have them talk and interact with the people brings another dimension to the movie that a lot of the other Doolittle films that I've seen didn't really have. And that that's mostly just from the advances of modern filmmaking technology. And I, I really enjoyed it in this film. I don't always enjoy CGI, especially like CGI animals. I think a lot of times it looks kind of like off, but I, I did like it in this film. I am going to bounce off of that a little bit. I enjoyed how they chose to leave the animal. The animals were still realistic looking, yet they were a little bit like you could tell they weren't actual animals interacting with the actors. And I kind of appreciated that because that kind of brings the whole, like, this is a story that you are either, like, reading and imagining it or it's being told to you and your imagination is taking it and picturing what you're actually seeing. So it's more like a picture book-esque come-to-life sort of thing than... This is a documentary that we're watching, and these are real animals. And they did they did kind of set it up for this almost picture book or story kind of feel in the beginning because they opened it up with an actual animated sequence, uh, mm-hmm. which gives you the backstory of Doolittle and basically tells you what's happened thus far in his life and why in the beginning of the movie he's... A recluse. Yes, we don't want to spoil too much about the movie, and we'll try not to, but there are some things that we will mention. Just just a warning in case you haven't seen it. It is a very new movie. Um, a couple other things that I liked, the music throughout the movie was actually very good. Um, a lot of the songs you'll hear in a lot of movies, like the one that was for the trailer, it, that's in a lot of movies. Um, but the songs really met well with the scenes. They went together extremely well. It wasn't like, this is a popular song, we're going to throw it into our movie. It was more, this song fits this scene, and we like how it feels, and it advances the plot of the movie and the themes that are held throughout the film. And I really enjoyed that. I thought that it added to the movie a good deal. Mm-hmm. It, um, it was more than, it was more of, they had the story, and they knew where they wanted to go with it, And then after they had that, they were like, okay, what fits in with what we have in this scene? And then went and got songs and had music and stuff for it, as uh, opposed to some other movies that we've watched where it's kind of like, we're going to use this song and everything has to fit around this song. Strange magic. I mean, they named the one character Marianne. Just so, so they, they could, could use, use the song, song. Mary <laughs> But that is a different review that you can find on our uh, with our other episodes if you're interested in it. Um, but anyway, back to Doolittle. I really liked the comedy that was 
throughout it and the little bit of like foreshadowed comedy and stuff that was put in there as well it was just it was great i will say to me the funniest part of the film were the red squirrels lines i believe the squirrel's name is kevin kevin yes kevin is a scene stealer every now and then you're in this scene mostly when they're traveling and this is actually a really interesting directorial decision of how to make a traveling scene interesting instead of like the old western movie where they're just walking and get slowly closer to you no it cuts down to this tiny red squirrel giving an update like like what you would expect a star trek character to do into their daily log thing it's like Kirk's log, but instead it's Kevin's log. And Kevin is basically the funniest character in the in the whole. He doesn't have a lot of lines. He doesn't have a lot of lines, but he is probably the funniest character in the whole movie because he gets those quick one-liners. It's like he's the one you remember after you watch the movie out of all the animals because he gets that one-liner and steals the scene. And I, I really enjoy that. <laughs> It was really great. You also have, um, I know at least once, but I think it might happen another time where you kind of like see Kevin's thought process like on the screen. And like that's that's the whole movie thing is like you just see what's going on in his brain. And there's like explosions and war and he's like revenge. Yes. So one of the characters wrongs Kevin very early in the movie. It was an incidental wronging, but it was still a wronging. And Kevin took it extraordinarily personally. And Kevin is now basically at war with this kid. This kid is like the point of view character for most of the film. His name is Stubbins. Well, that's his last name. His first name is Tommy, but they basically just call him Stubbins throughout the whole movie. And I thought that that was also an interesting casting. Because they cast a younger character to go alongside Robert Downey Jr., who's a little bit older of an actor. Not like old but not young anymore. So it's, <laughs> she's laughing at me, but it's like a younger kid. He's, he looks like he's about 12 or 13 in the film. And it, it, I, think it, I think it brought a good age dynamic between himself and Robert Downey Jr. At Robert Downey Jr.'s character, Doolittle, and brought a almost more emotion out of Robert Downey Jr.'s character and helped to advance his own character arc throughout the film more than if it was just Doolittle and the animals. Yeah, it it was interesting rather than just having... You do see towards the beginning just Doolittle and the animals interacting and that is very cool. They have a great relationship and they play chess together and it's funny. Um, I mean, the mice are dressed up as chess pieces and it's Doolittle and the gorilla gorilla and the mice are trying to give the gorilla advice on what to do and the gorilla is kind of becoming overwhelmed it's a good scene um but so throwing stubbins into the mix just kind of adds that new person to all of the interactions with everybody because they've never met this kid before. This is their first time meeting him. 
and then he's going to go on this adventure with them. So it's kind of them learning about him and him learning about them and how they mesh and kind of bring out the better parts of each other. And I thought that was pretty cool. There's also another thing that I liked. There's actually character development within the animals. The CGI animals Mm -hmm. have their own story arcs. Now, a lot of the character arcs in this film aren't unpredictable. They're things that you kind of see coming, but they're done in interesting ways at times. Um, the two that I liked the best was the polar bear. His name is Yoshi. Yes, he was voiced by John Cena. Mm-hmm. And the ostrich who Plumpton. was... Plumpton. Plumpton. And Plumpton, who was voiced by Kumail Nanjani. I, I'm very sorry. I may have pronounced that incorrectly, but I tried my best. Um, and they actually kind of start off the film. They don't really like each other. Well, Yoshi likes him. Yes. So Yo- Yoshi is like the bro of the group. He just likes everybody. And he's very like, he's very, he's very bo- chill. Yes. Yes. For a pole. <laughs> yeah. A lot of their, a lot of the things about them are also a little bit ironic or have a little bit of irony in the traits of the animals He's a polar bear that's always cold. And uh, there's a dog that needs to wear glasses. His um, name is Jip. A goose that has a wooden foot. Well, first of all, she's a duck. A duck. And her a name duck, is Dab Dab. Dab Which is a hilarious name on its own. Um, and yeah, so the, they kind of have this little bit of irony. Like the gorilla has low self-confidence. He's Chi-chi. always afraid. His name is Chi-Chi. Yes, Chi-Chi's always afraid. He has a security blanket, which he sometimes wears as a cape, and I think that's amazing. Yes, and it reminded me a lot of the character from Peanuts. Linus? Yes, that took me back. It was Linus and his security blanket, and I was like, oh my gosh, Linus grew up to be a gorilla. But <laughs> Linus grew up to be a gorilla. Another thing that I wanted to add, I really liked the voice acting in this. Not that some of the voice actors were ridiculously good and others were good but not bad. But it was just, I couldn't pick out specific people very easily. Yeah, I think when we were watching the end credits, um, it came up with a picture of Yoshi and then it said John Cena. And Ben's like, wait a minute, that was John Cena? Yeah. I didn't know at all. And then there was like um, a giraffe. That was voiced by Selena Gomez. Yes, her name is Betsy. And we were like, and we were like what? <laughs> like Selena Gomez Selena was involved Gomez. in this? To, to be, oh, hello Milo. Milo says he really liked Betsy's companion Tutu, who is a fox. She is French. She rides around on Betsy's head. Yes, and they had a cool character dynamic. They're not in a lot of the movie, but they had this cool character dynamic. where the chase scene. Yes, they're, they're like... Bro, like they're kind they're of like best, best friends. friends. It's like they're inseparable, and they have this unique symbiotic relationship about how to get around London. I'm, I believe was the city. Yeah, it's just Betsy. Betsy moves, and Tutu sits on Betsy's head, and, and gives then, directions. Yeah, and <laughs> and it was it's great. Great. Yes, it's so good. Um. Oh my gosh. Who else? Are we gonna talk about James the Dragonfly? 
James the Dragon. Oh my goodness, James the Dragon. This probably the second funniest character. He's funny, but he's also slightly annoying, but he's meant to be annoying, which is why he's so funny. It's like he's like a hopeless romantic that has the attention span shorter than a goldfish. Yes. He has the attention span of a dragonfly. And oh my goodness, he he's in an area where all the other insects are like hardcore gangsters and he's the soft one. Yeah, like they um He's he's the butt of all the jokes for the other yeah, They were ants, I believe. Yeah, they were ants. It was so great. They're a great reference in there. They um Doolittle and Stubbins were using James to like help uh barter an agreement between this army of ants. And so the, the leader of the ants is like, You'll come here on the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> Yes, it, it was a Godfather yeah, was reference. Like, yeah, it was, and the voice was way better. Like it was so much. It, it was better than what I did. But a good bit like the Marlon Brando Godfather voice. It was really cool. Yeah. And the thing that I found that was cool was a lot of these voice actors are bigger celebrities or people that I had heard of before, but I couldn't pick them out. And that shows to how they worked as an ensemble without one getting too big in their britches to take over. Like, they didn't overwhelm each other in the movie. And I thought that that took a lot out, probably from the director and from them as voice actors to not take away from each other. Yeah, it was very nice. It didn't, it's not like when you're watching a movie and then you hear some, like a distinctive voice of somebody and you're like taken out of the movie to be like, that's, I don't know. Yeah, um, it's not like Morgan Freeman just yeah, pops it's, in it's, doing. It's not like you're watching it and then you just hear like a little mouse talking. You're like, that's Morgan Freeman. Yeah, Morgan like, Freeman's in this movie. And then you've missed like 30 maybe, seconds yeah. or to a minute because you've been like, that's Morgan Freeman. But no, with this, it was the animals and they were talking. And then later in the credits, you're like, Oh, that was this person? That was so good. And the movie is actually pretty fast-paced. Right from the start, there's like a sense of urgency to how the scenes develop. And it does slow down at times, but it stays fairly up-tempo throughout the whole film. Mm -hmm. To where it, it doesn't feel like as long of a film. And the scenes don't necessarily feel dragged out. It really kind of, it kept, it keeps moving at times some parts where it should probably have slowed down a little bit to add to the character development, but it moves. And there's a lot of ground that they had to cover in this film. There, there was a lot of things they did. It, it wasn't like a simple from point A to point B adventure. This was like point A to point B to point C. And then eventually you make it there kind of deal. Yeah, it was, they, they went from Doolittle's house to the palace Back to Doolittle's house, to a boat, to an island, to another island, back to the palace. Back to Doolittle's back house. Back to Doolittle's house. <laughs> it, so it, they, it's they almost kind like... kind of bounced all over the place, but in a good way. It And you didn't kind of feel like, at least for me, I didn't feel like they were at Doolittle's house and then they magically 
appeared at the palace. You yeah, you kind of saw felt them the travel. like travel and like you felt there was travel involved. Even though it wasn't like the old west where it's just you watch them travel for like five minutes. This one it was more of a you're seeing them depart. You're, you're seeing them load into the carriage. You're seeing them depart. You're seeing Robert Downey Jr. as Doolittle riding an ostrich. Yeah, I think... I guess what we're really trying to say on all this, this is a very well-made film. It had a definitive plan, and it followed it. And it was very well done. Like, there's not a part of it that I could pick out and say this part wasn't very good and it detracted from the film. It's like it all lands to varying degrees. Mm-hmm. Like some, of, some of the jokes it's hit or miss because it's a joke. It's like it you're either going you. to laugh at it or not, but there are enough jokes in it and they have varying degrees of like what type of humor they are that it has a joke in there for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it depends on your sense of humor on whether or not the jokes that they've decided to include are going to land and work for you or not. But it's a very nice mix of kind of a little bit of everything. So it's a good it's a good movie for like a family or a larger group of people to be watching together. Because there's a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah, this is like, it's like a family action movie. I, I don't know if that's a thing, but that's what it feels like. It's like an action movie that was made to be watched as a family. You could watch this with kids that are like four and they would probably enjoy it. And you could watch it like Mikhail and I. We're in our 20s and we both enjoyed this film. And I mean, really, this is kind of going out of likes, but going into this film, I didn't expect much because I had heard all these reviews and read all these reviews where they didn't like the movie. They said that it wasn't an entertaining movie, that the comedy didn't hit, didn't land. And one of them said it needed more fart jokes. And I was like, I don't want to watch a movie that needs more fart jokes. But when I started actually watching it, it drew me in, and I enjoyed it more than a, more than some of the movies that we've actually reviewed recently. I thought that it was a very enjoyable film and that it was a lot different than films that I had seen recently. Yeah. And it it was to give you kind of an idea about how much he didn't want to watch it. I had to coerce him over several days to get him to watch this movie with me. Yeah, like the first time Michaela asked us to watch it, she wanted to watch it as a family. So it was going to be her, our mom, Patrick, our youngest brother, and dad, myself. And I was like, no, let's watch something else. I don't want to watch that movie. And we went. We ended up watching uh, Jumanji: The Next Level instead. Yeah, that was. Oh, that was when we had a. Um, we sat out in the front lawn and did kind of like a drive-in sort of thing, social distance yeah. and all. And our aunt and uh, yeah, we had a family get together. Down and and we were originally we were gonna watch Doolittle, but yeah. Well, I wanted to watch Doolittle, and the rest of the family outvoted me, and now Ben regrets this. Is, well, not regrets. Jumanji The Next Level was good to watch, but that's not what we're reviewing at the moment. I will say I would rather watch Doolittle again than Jumanji The Next Level again. Um. So do you want to go into some dislikes, or do you have some more likes? Um. 
I think we've talked about most of the things I liked, but there is one thing that I really think was not needed in this movie. And that was the kind of... So, how Doolittle and Stubbins find out that the queen needs help is this queen's, like, handmaiden, Lady Rose. So she's supposed to be, like, a lady-in-waiting, I assume. Yeah, a lady-in-waiting or something... But she's Something like, like that. Stubbins' age. Yeah, she's like thirteen. Um, comes to deliver this message to Doolittle that the Queen is ill and wants to see him. Um, and so I don't know why, but there's kind of this like forced, childish kind of like crush thing going on between Lady Rose and Stubbins, and. Like, it didn't really take me out of the movie. I just didn't feel it added anything to the movie. They could have been... You could have just had them be, like, great friends. The thing was, they just... They didn't have chemistry on screen, and it's probably because they're they're young kids. Like... Yeah. They, don't, they also don't have a lot of scenes together. Yeah. The thing is, Lady Rose is maybe in, like five scenes with Stubbins in the beginning of the movie. And then the end of the movie, she kisses him on the cheek. And it's like, where does this come from? And yeah, it's not like she went on the adventure with them and they like bonded as the time went on. And that's the thing. I would say one thing that took away from the movie was that Lady Rose did not go on the adventure with them. Uh, I feel like, I would have enjoyed it a little bit more if she did, but... I understand the reason of her not going, which is to have uh, have Jib there to watch over the queen and Lady Rose as, like, the human counterpart to watch over the queen. And I completely understand that, and I think, for me personally, that was a good choice because that way Doolittle had two people that he knew would make sure the queen was okay until he got back. Um, But I will say, if they wanted to include the, like, romance crush thing between Lady Rose and Stubbins, then Lady Rose should have gone on the journey with them. So, kind of because she didn't, they really shouldn't have included it because they just didn't have enough time. It was forced character development and it was unnecessary. Yeah, it, it... it doesn't ruin the movie. Yeah. It doesn't... It's not like it takes things away. It's just... It's not needed. I watched it and I was like, why? That was yeah. probably one of the only parts of the movie where I'm watching. I'm just like, where did that come from? Yeah. It Like like I said, personally, they should have just left him at Friends. And then if they made like a sequel to this movie, then they could have explored that more. But like, they're just friends, my dudes. Don't, oh. don't make the 13-year-olds... I'm guessing we don't actually know how old they are. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea. They look, they look like they look like they're kind early of early like teenagers, like early teenagers. That would be like thirteen. Yeah, they're like tweens, and but I think one of the other things that I thought could have been done differently was the um some of the stuff on the pirate island. So. They basically go to a pirate island, and the pirates there do not like Doolittle very much. And well, the king shenanigans. The king occur. doesn't really like Doolittle 
Doolittle used to live on this island, and then he got. Don't don't give too much away. We don't want to give too much away. I'm not. I was just gonna say, um, and then he got kicked out. Yeah. So he he does not. He's not welcome there. Let's say he's he's sneaking in the back door, so to speak. Literally. Yes, literally. Um, but some of the things that occur on the island with Stubbins and the pirates, I was like, why? Because they just randomly induct him into piratehood. Well, and even Stubbins is kind of sitting there like, why? It's, I mean, what else is he gonna do? It's. I would say in that moment. The actor played the question why <laughs> instead of the emotion that they were supposed to feel. But yeah, that that was kind of like a moment where instead of them just putting him with Doolittle or just leaving him in a cell, they basically freed him, allowing him to do a series of things to help Doolittle. So it's like... Why? <laughs> like, well, you know he's going to try and help Doolittle. Well, because I think deep down, the king, I think his name is Rasuli. Rasuli. Yeah, it's 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 something like that. It's close yeah. to that. Well, it's one of those. Um, I think he didn't really want to see Stubbins get hurt or anything, because I think he kind of has, like, a soft spot for, like, kids and all. So he's kind of like... Doolittle, you're going to have your fate. Stubbins, yeah. come with me. We feast. Like, he's not a bad guy. He, he's just, he really doesn't like Doolittle. Um, but the other thing is, they're just having a feast. Like, they just leave Doolittle. It's that moment where the evil character in the... Well, he's not really the evil It's character. like the, the villain just delivers their plan... And then walks away and waits for the hero to escape and like does their own thing. It's like that moment in this in the movie. And you're kind of thinking, Well, that's it. Doolittle's done for. It um, it was like it was the the dip the dip in their progression. This was a big hurdle that they had to get over. Uh, I still kind of enjoyed it. It was interesting. Yep. Okay. Do we have any other um, things that we think might like could have been improved upon or that we thought weren't needed. I think the development of Stubbins learning to talk to animals. I think they could have developed that a little bit more fluidly instead of kind of just popping up, talking to Doolittle asking him questions or doing things like that. I think they could have shown a more interaction of him with the animals. Well, they did show him interacting with some of the animals, but they couldn't show all of it. And I think, like, I understand where you're coming from, and I think that would have been cool to see him talking with more of the animals throughout their, like, traveling times. But I think that partially came down to time. Yeah. And that doing too much of that might take people out of the movie some. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting because he, like, Stubbins will say different things and then somebody will be like, Blueberry? And then he'll <laughs> say it again and be like, oh, you mean this. Yeah, he tried to say, there's a big ship to a gorilla. 
And then the gorilla was like, you want honey or pancakes or something like that? And he tried it again and he was like, oh, there's a ship. He looks over and he's like, it's a ship. Yeah. It, as we said before, there's a lot of humor in, in this movie and personally, I quite enjoy it. Yes. There were some very funny scenes. Um, I guess there might be one thing that I was kind of, I kind of don't think ever got fleshed out or could have been developed a little bit more. And that was why Doolittle didn't go with his wife on her adventure. And so I think they explained it a little bit like he had to stay home with the animals, but They had been going on travels for years together. So it's not like all of a sudden he has these animals that he has to stay home with. It's like they could make it work. So. But he just doesn't. So how I think they explained it in the movie was that uh, Doolittle's wife, Lily, told him to stay home because I think one of the animals or something was sick or they had like a sick patient in and she wanted him to stay home and take care of them and like she was going to be right back and then she didn't come back yeah uh also part of me thought that when they got to the island she was going to be there like i thought it was going to be one of those kind of endings where they get to the island and they find her there kind of like I don't know if you've ever seen the Tomb Raider movie, not the Angelina Jolie one, but the more recent one. She, uh, she's she been looking for her dad for like 10 years, and then she finds him on this island where this evil group is, and I kind of thought it was going to end up like that, where you have that emotional moment where they find each other again. So do you want to move on to recommends? Oh, well, we already know. We They already know. Well, I know, but we should we should formalize it. Okay, so, Ben, okay. do you recommend this movie? I definitely do recommend this movie, mostly on the strength of the line, I'm too beautiful to die. That That is his favorite line in the whole movie. That, to me, that's like the embodiment of this movie because the animation is beautiful. A lot of the dialogue is original and funny and... It's like its own kind of film. I don't really think I've ever seen anything like this. And I think it wasn't as well received as it deserved to be. I think it deserved a little bit more love from audiences. And Michaela, would you recommend this film? Oh, yes, indeedy do I would. I would most definitely recommend this film. It was so funny and it was a nice way to relax and take a break from real life for a little bit. So I hope some of you that listen to this go and watch this movie. It's really good. Oh, yeah, definitely check this out. It's We checked it out from our local library, so it's been mm-hmm. distributed distributed already. And it's it's it was a very good film. I would recommend it to anybody. I think you should give this film a shot. See if you like it. I think it's great. Yep. And um, just to let everybody know, 
You can follow us on Twitter at Diecast Movie Reviews Podcast, on Facebook at Diecast Movie Reviews Podcast, and on Instagram at Diecast Movie Reviews. And we would love to hear feedback from listeners and just any comments you have about the podcast, whether it's you've seen this movie before and you wanted to mention some things that you have about it. And maybe one day we'll read them to people, but as of right now, not yet. So we we would love feedback. we have read feedback before on the podcast. But we haven't done it recurring yet. Maybe we'll add a segment of reading some of the comments people give us. Especially if it's about the movie, we might read some other people's opinions about movies that we've reviewed. So if you want to go out and watch Woochie Demon Slayer, (laughs) send us comments. Send us Send us your voice. You can send us uh, voice vocal feedback, I believe, to our uh, email, which is diecast podcast at gmail.com. You can say we prefer MP3 files, but I understand that those, I believe, are too big to email. So any type of sound file you can get us, we'll try and make it work. Yep. Okay. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening, and I hope that you have a great day. Okay, and to take us out of the podcast, we're going to play the song from the end credit of Doolittle. We hope you enjoy it. I'm here not to try at all
Thanks, everybody, for joining us for this episode. We hope you join us next time and see which movie we'll pick next.